Hello, and welcome to the Clarissa and Mitch Explain Life podcast, the show where we look at life from the point of view of two generations. I am Mitch. And I am Clarissa. And and we we are mother and daughter. So we won't always agree, but we hope we will always show how things are now and how they've changed over the years. In this podcast, we aim to pick subjects to discuss that are relevant today, but we will look at them from the viewpoint of two generations. So whatever you're doing, enjoy the podcast and we're always happy to hear your feedback. Hello and welcome to me going sort of solo this week. Solo as in haven't got the mother. Um, And I think from hopefully from now on if one of us can't do it we'll either go solo or we'll have a little guestine and we do have a little guestine this week I have Anna who we had a few weeks ago my sister Anna has come on and what we what I decided to do and then she agreed is that we would do a catch-up on her weight loss weight surgery weight loss bariatric surgery progress because it's a year and a half now um yeah good year and a half but since I interviewed her initially that was February last year February 2021 so just over a year since I last spoke to you basically um and I want to know on air on air yeah 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 (laughs) interviewed you so I just wanted to know how you are how life is now for you anything that's changed did you have I I listened back to the podcast actually the other day did you did you no god no you should but um listening to that was really interesting actually so anyway Anna hello and welcome back thank you thank you the spotlight is on you So I, my name, I'm Anna. I'm Clarissa's younger sister by four, um, four and a half years. Is it August? Yeah. Four yeah. And about. Years. Yeah. Exactly. And um, I'm the favourite of the family. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> not a hope. Um, I'm a. Uh, I'd be fifty this year, and um, in December. And um, I'll put my PayPal link at the end. You can post up my PayPal link for presents. Um, and um, I am a, a therapist, a counsellor and psychotherapist and also an Irish shamanic therapist, which means I work um, spiritually with people, as in I work with people's spirit guides and my own spirit guides um, and do healing and that sort of stuff. So, um, and yeah, you work I online. A, yes, most not all, not all, not no. I mean, COVID really yeah. kind of oh, I never even considered working online until no. in fact, I was like, what? No, that's can't that can't be done. That's and then COVID hit, and you know, nobody worked for a few months. Um, I had a therapy center in Athlone, and that shut down almost immediately. Um, and um. And then I, yeah, I, I had, so you know, I had so many clients who still needed me and I started, I looked into going online, did some training and most of the vast majority of my work is online now. And it's opened up a massive um, new 
thing for me in that I have clients all over the world now, whereas before it was just very local. I know you can't see me at the oh, moment. Oh, okay. I was just wondering. Um, I was wondering about that. I'm blaming your uh, the the uh, webcam that you very kindly oh, gifted really? me. It keeps doing oh. it. It's oh, really it? weird. Yeah. So I'm going now, to I know actually... mine does when my phone is um, whenever I get a message or something like that, my webcam will go off. No, well, I'm not on my phone, so. All right. OK, that's really weird. I'm just going to go to the laptop uh, and that's so different from the webcam. But anyway, yeah, yeah, it really yeah. Is. No, it's done it a few oh, times gosh. now. I noticed so, is which is weird. Oh. Yeah. Um. So I yeah. had um, I had bariatric surgery. I th- um, just to say sorry Anna just to say anyone listening only you know recently listening to the the podcast I did interview Anna back sort of the third or fourth when I was doing it solo um so it might be worth going back and listening to but you can listen to this we'll we'll do a sort of a review anyway which is what Anna's basically doing but where Anna I'll I'll ask you at the end where we where anyone who wants to contact you about what you do, um, yeah. where they can contact you and find okay. you. Just yeah, no, that's fine. for the millions and millions of listeners that we have. <laughs> uh, okay, so we just had to take a little pausey knee there, and both of us were like, "What? What were we talking about? What were we saying?" Yeah, that's uh hitting into older age territory <laughs> for me anyway maybe not for you Anna I'm not 50 yet anyway um so let's get started because uh have to try and keep within a uh, time budget even though mom isn't here to be I was just about to say <laughs> wagging her finger at us um so a year and a half later yeah it's so where are you at I was thinking about it because like I remember when I had the surgery done and thinking, oh, yeah, I'll start thinking about maybe skin removal in a year and a half. But that is like, you know, in a million years. And now it's over a year and a half. And it's just crazy how fast time goes. So let me ask you, how how long did it take you to realize that you were basically at your goal weight or where you were happy with like how well I'm not I mean I I'm not really well okay looking back in hindsight yeah I realize you know everybody had talked about this honeymoon period and the thing about it is that everybody is so different nobody ever knows how long their honeymoon period is going to be And so for some people, it's like six months and for other people, it's two years, you know, Um, I think two years is well, I don't know. And I've even heard of people who are still losing weight after six, you know, two years, you know what I mean? But then they could Um, have a lot more weight, you know, it depends on how much weight you start out with. And also it depends on age, it depends on metabolism, genetics, it depends on so many things. Um, And... um, and also, I mean, I I never went into this looking at I'm going to be on a diet after I do it. You know, I wanted to have something to help me 
to control my portion sizes, which is exactly what it's done. But that I wouldn't, you know, I I don't want to be on a diet for the rest of my no. life. You know, I, I, I've always believed that life is for living, you know. Mm. And and also, I mean, all the research shows that diets don't work. You know, that diet mentality doesn't work. You have to, you know, you have to look at it as being, you know, uh, part of your lifestyle your way of life. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, diets don't diets and do, I'm doing quotes don't work. You know, it has to be more than being on a diet, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. And I looking back on it now, I think that I, I probably reached the weight that I am now or I haven't weighed myself for um, a couple of weeks, actually, probably. Um, and I probably do you get did... to a stage where the weight is your weight is actually irrelevant no i think you get to a stage where you're so scared that you might be put you know really well, I'm, I'm just talking to i'm just talking yeah no I'm, I'm that interests me like you get to a stage where like you're so scared that you're not losing weight anymore and what does that mean now you know yeah and, that, and that's for the rest of your life now do you think you know that I mean? means maintenance then hopefully I mean, I like that girl that I um, sent you from TikTok, the girl with the tattoos on her chest and stuff. Yeah, um, I, really looked, I, I, I think I looked at the one video you sent me. I'm oh. really bad with social media. I know, but uh, you are and you're not. <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm really bad with my own social media and, you know, I'm really bad with kind of consistency. No, what I was going to say to you about her, just watching a few of her videos, and I know she's not you, and number one or number two, she had a sleeve rather than a bypass. But she's a year later, and I she's like, now she goes to the gym, yeah. um, but she's like, her maintenance calories are about 2,000. Right. Wow. Which I think, so that's the difference between a sleeve and a bypass, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, I think there's huge differences between sleeves. And I think that from my, and I'm not a doctor or anything, but I think that most surgeons in most countries now are really pushing the sleeve because it's a safer procedure. It's a lot quicker and it's a lot cheaper for them to perform. And they Mm. can literally do, like a good surgeon can do a sleeve in about 20 minutes, you know? Whereas a bypass could take an hour and a half, two hours. So they can literally just knock out sleeve after sleeve. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And I think that that's a real shame for a lot of patients because what you do now, sleeves are relatively new, you know, whereas bypasses have been around for 50, 60, 70 years. Sleeves are only re- have only really been around for the last 10 years or 15 years. But what you do see is that coming up again and again and again, that people who have sleeves lose a lot of weight mm. the way you know and and they're probably like statistically speaking what we talk about we talk about like percentage of weight but what that is is the percentage of weight that you're overweight it's not the percentage of what of what you yeah weigh yeah you start yes so that's all you know um but what we what they say is that a sleeve um 
statistically speaking, that most people have received will lose about 55 to 60% of their excess body weight. Whereas right. with the bypass, people will lose up, to, say, 65 to 70% of their excess body weight. Okay. But that's the initial figures. Yeah. What happens then is that what, what they see is that people who have bypasses tend to have a lot less regain. Yeah. Now, there's, there's, there's always the possibility of regain, and people talk about regain a lot in the community. But with a bypass, people will tend to maybe regain anything from about 5 to 20% of the weight lost. Okay. okay? It, it can happen that people put on all the weight they lost and, get, you know, then some, it can happen. But it's very unlikely. It's but very would unlikely. You, I mean, you... Whereas the, with a sleeve, people tend to regain... Because you're stretching the stomach again, that. aren't you? You're, the ability is there to stretch. The sleeve, yes. The sl- the all the sleeve does is makes your stomach smaller, whereas the bypass bypasses the stomach. Uh, str- so with the it sleeve... bypass the stomach. Yeah, it I said that. bypasses a portion of... No, it doesn't bypass the stomach. All right. A portion it of it. A por- no, uh, bypass the portion it, it's called a bypass because it bypasses a portion of the intestines not oh. the stomach oh really your stomach is yeah your stomach is cut and made small so you go from like a oh. you go from like a mel watermelon to say an egg size of an egg and that can vary as well yeah um and the intestine is then um so with the with a bypass you have two what they i can't remember the official name for it but two joins one right. is that the stomach is cut and um and the and the and and with the stomach the other difference between a bypass and a, and a sleeve is that with a bypass it is technically reversible because the 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 stomach that's cut away is left inside you right and it's reconnected at a so your your esophagus goes into your stomach which is cut to a much smaller size. And then your stomach is cut away, like say 80%, 85% of your stomach is cut away. Mm-hmm. And then what's left, the... the Tube. The duodenum, <laughs> I think it's duodenum, duodenum which is I just think under so, the yeah. stomach, yeah. is reconnected under the stomach. Okay. So you still have bile and stuff going in, but at a lower level. Right. And then underneath that, you have usually around a third of your intestine is, is bypassed. Wow. Um, and so. Why? Because it's, it's what's um, for malabsorption. So if you only have two thirds of your intestine, you only in theory, the theory originally was that you have only two thirds of your intestine to absorb calories. Right. Um, but now what they're finding out is that that actually in practice isn't really a huge contributor to the weight loss. No, right. Um, what happens is that immediately after you have a bypass, your it, it's it's more of a hormonal reset than actually a physical reset. Yeah, like the ghrelin and the lectin. Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. And your set point of where your body thinks it it's supposed to be falls drastically. 
Right. And and it's, that's called your set point drops drastically. Whereas with the sleeve, you don't have, you, all you have is the, you know, you go from a watermelon to a banana. But your stomach is made out of super stretchy yeah, material. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's why um, they reckon the sleeve is a lot less yeah, um, successful or people who yeah. have the sleeve end up and and it's not a criticism it's it's no, just not ha- people lose masses yeah. masses of amount of weight the other problem with a sleeve versus a um obviously with a sleeve people in theory aren't supposed to get dumping syndrome um which apparently a lot of people think say report that they do feel with like the sleeve with the sleeve yeah oh. you're not supposed to get dumping syndrome Right. Dumping syndrome is also called intestinal rush. And what happens is the food moves out of the of the it always sounds when I say dumping syndrome to people, they always think, oh, yeah, a dump. I know. Yeah. But actually, it's called dumping syndrome because the food dumps out of the stomach into the intestines. Oh, I didn't know that. Right. Properly processed in the stomach, which means there's a rush of juices that go into the intestine whereas they should have been dealt with in the stomach so is that why you are encouraged to eat like things more high protein and slow release carbs and stuff like that so that if you eat i know you you were telling me a while back that you don't really have an issue with sugar but then you're not a sugar person but like or is it you with the sugar no, yeah, I wa- yeah, it was me. Whereas Becky, I've seen her sit and eat a heap of jellies and know, she doesn't yeah. dump on them. But both me and Becky really have never had an issue with dumping syndrome at all. But what is that and thing that you get? It's mild dumping. I mean, people who have real dumping syndrome, which is something that a lot of people who've had a bypass get, literally, I mean, it sounds like no big deal right your the food dumps out of your stomach too fast into your intestine and it there's a rush of juices into into it to try to deal with what should have been dealt with and but actually people who have proper dump feel literally feel like they're going to die they 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 feel it can t- and it can take up to like eight hours to pass they they deal with horrific pain like i've seen becky pain. in serious more than yeah. you I mean, yeah. at, at Christmas, like she, she went, had to disappear for about a couple yeah, of hours. That was she had. That's more for blockage. Oh, that's 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 upper. Is that another thing that can happen? Yeah, and we get we get what's called the foamies when that happens. Mm. Um, which is that's what I've de- that's what I and Becky as well, but then both of us have something which is kind of more mild dumping where our blood pressure drops really yes. low and our yeah. blood sugar drops really low. And we feel re- quite unwell and faint and, you know, but that's mild compared to what some people go through wow. when it comes to dumping. Now, the blockage is horrific. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. It's when because the opening of your stomach is basically like a tiny, tiny size. Tube. Yeah. And if you don't like a lot of people, if they eat bread or different meats and stuff like that, it just gets stuck. Oh, so God. it backs all the way up, oh. and again you have this it's a bit like reflux. Thing. Then, no, it's not. It's not like no. It it feels like you're having a heart attack, like the pain in your chest. But also you get like the foamies, which is 
um it's again it's like your body is producing extra liquid to try to deal with that oh, but that gets stuck as well oh and it comes back up as foam lovely i've never got sick since i had the bypass done but i've wanted to right. and it's horrific the foamies aren't nice at all but again i as as far as i understand nothing compared to what i've seen people describe with having the dumping syndrome wow what i deal with more than anything else is like i get whenever i eat i just get i get really tired or start yawning i have to go and lie down and i could literally like like my daughter ella's been at the room knocking on the door and i haven't heard her like and she comes in and she says i look like sometimes i have my arms folded across my chest and she says like i look like she's like holding her hand over my mouth to see if i'm still breathing jesus (laughs) wow um, so anyway that was a great lesson in in uh bariatric surgery i think that i was probably um at around i i think because you also get stalls um and i think that probably i had lost say 90 percent, and you just never know when that's going to be either you know yeah what I mean? yeah of the final weight that i was going to lose i would say probably at about 11 months in wow yeah now i might have lost a couple of pounds you know after that but i would say i definitely lost the you know probably about 90 90 95 percent of my overall weight loss and it's and then usually what happens is that you get like your lowest weight and most people will put on about 10 percent, 10 to 15 percent right it's sort of to level out yeah there'd be a level out yeah so do you feel you're in maintenance now oh definitely yeah 100 yeah and what do I you have probably been for the last five or six months? I give think. us an example now that you're in maintenance. Give us an example of a day of eating for you. I have a really serious problem in that I I can't eat vegetables, fruit, corn. And as vegetarian, by the way. Rice. Jesus. Yeah, so I can't eat any of those things. I can eat them in very, very small amounts and only if they're like so well cooked. Right. Fruit wise, I can eat berries like I ate. I can eat raspberries and I can eat blueberries. Um, But that's it. So what happens is that if I eat and I could even eat like two peas and this and I could just start feeling sick, you know. Um, or one piece of sweet corn. I wonder why um, that is. Have you looked on the forums and stuff? Is it a thing? It's just yeah. No, I'm not that. I not that. I. I mean, I've I've asked, it, but most people, they just either don't answer or they just say, force it down or you know. But what will oh. happen is that if I eat pasta, or rice, corn as well. Again, I'm a vegetarian. You know. Um, what about potato? Vegetable. Potato. Potatoes, okay. Mm. I can eat mashed potato, but I can't really eat chips because they get stuck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't eat, like, I, as long as I eat them, re- like, I, I, I had a really bad experience one time with wedges and I haven't oh, eaten God. them about six months. I thought I was going to die. Oh. But anyway. um. So a, a typical day of eating for you then? And it's really, like, it's, it's, it's kind of worrying. For, I'm at the stage now where, as I said, I'm in maintenance. 
but really the only things that I can eat are biscuits. Um, well, okay, healthy wise, I, I can eat, I've, I've started eating meat a lot more. Right. Because I can't eat vegetables and I can't eat corn. Yeah. I can eat, I can eat some corn, but only, and tofu, I can't really eat tofu either. God. No. Wow. Um, and you know how much I love yeah. my salad. I know, yeah. And, you know. What about beans? Happens. Like lentils beans. and. Yeah, I can eat beans and lentils, but not like, there's only so much yeah. beans, you know, <laughs> exactly. and especially with people around me as well, you know. <laughs> um, so I can, yeah, I can eat, I can eat them. But then generally, how do you cook beans and lentils, you know, mm. with vegetables? Do you know what mm. I mean? You don't just sit there. I can sit down. To, I could easily sit down to a plate of baked beans. I love baked beans, you know, but you can't survive off baked beans. I remember you, know you I mean? used to make the most delicious uh, lentils sort of. You're going to say that. It wasn't even a stew. It was just a tin of lentils and you used to put lovely flavorings in it <laughs> and then grated cheese on top. Yeah, I don't think it was a tin because I don't think they used to do lentils and tins. Yes, they did. Did they? Yes, Anna. It wasn't. Le- it wasn't. T- it was dried lentils. All right. But well, it anyway, like, I, it's not like I went soaking them three days beforehand. <laughs> it was the red lentils that you just no green. In. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't remember that. Anyway, um, yeah. So I find myself now eating quite a lot of biscuits. And I never was a biscuit person. You ever. eat the like the Belvita, the breakfast type, yeah. don't you? You find them. Have, so I'd have every morning, Steve, my partner, he brings me coffee in bed and I would have a packet of biscuits mm. when I wait, you know, with my coffee. And then I would take my some of my tablets and then I might have like I can eat bread. So I remember mum saying to me because I said about pasta and rice and she said also complex carbs. And I was like, no. Because I could eat bread and toast. It's mad, and isn't it? And I can eat crackers. Um, I do better with toast and crackers than I do with... Crackers? And you think crackers yeah, are such a dry food. Yeah, no problem. Wow. But funnily enough, they say that when you, st- when, you, when you first have the surgery, obviously you have to do like a liquid diet. Mm. And then a mushy diet, purees they call it. And then you kind of very slowly go on to solids. And they always say start with crackers. Not with bread. Right. Bread okay. gets stuck. Crackers don't. But you know the way after the surgery, like you've just said about going on to the mushy stuff. So if you made, like if you had soup, a vegetable soup, say, if yeah. you made a soup, how would you, yeah. would you be able to drink I that? I tolerate that better. Right. I can tolerate soup, veg. So I will often, so say for example, if we go out for something to eat, yeah. I'd have, I'd often have a vegetable soup. Right. But, I can tolerate it better, but I still would feel a little bit sick. Right. Maybe. But I mean, I, I, I can't even how nauseated I feel if I if I would sit down, say a vegetarian lasagna. Yeah. I would yeah. feel so ill. So oh, ill, God. you know. Um, do you miss do you miss food? I miss salads. Do you, and do you miss the quickness of you know, not the quickness, but not having to think about not or or because you spent up to the surgery you spent your like all any of us who are on a weight loss journey ever think about is food and what to eat to try and control our weight so like it's almost like that in reverse isn't it 
Like you have no, no. I okay. don't miss that at all because I literally I don't think I've cooked one thing except maybe like heated up a tin of beans or something. You know, very minimal cooking. Um, since I had the surgery, like so, everything is quick and easy. You for never me. cooked like, before have... the surgery. I'm only well, joking. Well, I did cook a bit. No, you, know, you I didn't. Did... You're I'm not, not a mad. Great... No, I'm not. I've never been a great cook. You know, and you're ne- you've yeah, never been much... a mad foodie either, have I've you? Never had much interest in cooking. Yeah. You know? I mean, I love watching other people cook, mm. and I love cooking channels. And I was go, I always get really like, oh, that look, you know. Yeah. I mean, I did go through stages where I did like loads of really intricate raw food preparations and stuff like that. But yeah. you know, so I'd often like, you know, could you eat nuts? Like, yeah, but I mean, again, like you'd go through stages where I'd eat nuts all, and then you'd get you get sick of stuff when you're eating it all the time. You know, I know, I know. And what I find is what'll happen is that, you know, I'll eat something, and I even if it's something nice that I can eat, eventually I'll kind of go, oh, I've had enough of that, and I feel a bit sick. Yeah. And then I won't want to go back to it again. You know what I mean? Because yes. like it's not, you know, the way sometimes if you're out and you go, oh, this is so nice you know, I I bring home the leftovers and I look forward to having it. Do you know what I mean? It's not like that. I kind of like, I'll eat something. I'll be like, oh, I've had enough of that now. And then I'll be like, oh, no, I'm not going back to that again. You know what I mean? I'll br- maybe bring home the leftovers. And I mean, Steve eats like half of everything I have, like, you know, so mm. he's always like delight or the dogs get it or, you know, um, so yeah it's it's i mean i i don't miss any of that but i do miss salad i miss being able to eat a salad i miss being able to eat a plate of vegetables or you know did you ever think you'd hear yourself saying that after bariatric surgery yeah, you know like the reason salad. you had bariatric surgery wasn't from sitting eating plates of vegetables and and salad no but i always did eat salad no i, mean, I know you no that's you're missing stuff, my point my salad you know i've always loved my salad i know know? you're missing my point though yeah no i know what you're saying i know what you're saying i know it's very ironic Mm. but um i i have all i mean yeah i was massive and i was obviously eating loads of other shit you know loads of shit as well but i've always loved salad yeah no i know you have yeah you'd always get a side salad where i wouldn't for instance you know so I but, do, um, I and mean, I do really, I do. But maybe it's a phase, you know. I'm hoping that yeah, because Becky seems really... to be able to eat mm. mostly what she wants in a small amount, mm. and then she has the odd dump, I suppose, or mini dump, or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Um, yeah, I don't think she has like we're kind of alike in that way. Like we have more of a kind of like you know mild dumping but it kind of affects our blood sugar more and our energy levels yeah it makes it like you know she got really shaky and i mean there's you know there's times when i've obviously i've went through a stage where i was fainting you know yeah you know um so yeah so basically then i might say for lunch i might have like half a cheese sandwich or something and maybe try and eat a bit of fruit um I try to have like smoothies. I can I can have some like smoothies or something like that. Yogurt. Uh, yogurt is okay. I can have a certain amount of but like again, a a protein smoothie with the yogurt in it. The high protein I yogurt. I can't stand protein smoothies. And when I talk about smoothies, I mean like a, a fruit and vegetable smoothie. Like right. 
I can't stand protein powders. I use the clear ones. I know, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're the only ones I can stomach. Um, really? Yeah. I can't, just oh. that you don't like the flavor or you can't stomach, your stomach can't? Uh, no, I can stomach them, but I just hate, I uh, hate them. Oh, uh, you need me to make you a couple of my ones. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe you, I'll, one of these, next time you're down, I'll make you one of the mocha the Eddie Rocket yeah. um, malted ones. <laughs> I know it sounds lovely. Um, and then I might have like one of the things I really in, like lately. I'm really into like croissants. Oh, full of fat. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. Yeah, no, I, like, so, like you have to get your calories in somewhere. Not, as no, well, that wasn't a mean? criticism. It yeah. just made me because, like, if I ate. I don't count macros no, and micros no. at all. No, I know you don't. I'm, I'm just no. thinking of the effect on the body for, like, me. I, I'm. Bother me. Yeah, that's mad. I love croissants. Croissants with cheese and ham. Mm. Oh. <laughs> um, savory croissants as well, definitely. Yeah. Or even just croissants dipped in coffee and, you know. Oh. And then I might have, like, and then usually I would have like crackers and cheese or something and maybe like a so you sort of do chocolate bar or something maybe there's these nibble um, all day yeah basically yeah like I would eat and then I'd eat something small and then two hours later I'd eat again and then have you ever tracked your calories for a day just to see I'd love to know I did at the start Will you do it um, one of these days, just for me, not even for yourself? Okay. I just, I'd love to know what, what your, just out of interest. I think it'd be yeah. really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't count. The only thing is, I do try to focus on protein. Yeah. And, but I mean, I again, I have no idea. Like, I'll try, I'll, I'll try and have a protein thing every day, like a protein drink every day, like you know the clear ones. I'll have one of them every day. Got one mm-hmm. here myself. <laughs> yeah. And um and then I try to get a lot of liquid in and it's really it's just really annoying because you're not supposed to drink 40 minutes before you eat or 40 minutes after you eat. But if you're yeah. eating every 2 hours, yeah. when are you supposed to get your liquid in, you know? And it's I don't follow that either. There's a lot of things you're supposed to do that I don't do. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like it it, it is a bit like a lot of the people who have really serious weight loss and who are very like, you know, kind of who really, really like are successful, mm. whatever, whatever your, you know, and people's measure, measure of success is different, you mm. know, um, they are like they only eat diet food you know yeah they don't eat any car like a lot of people don't eat any carbs at all you know um they only eat protein they only eat like you know half you know low fat or half fat i don't want to do that you know i I don't want to i just want to i just wanted a bit of for me i i would consider so far i would consider it very successful in that my goal my biggest goal was to was portion control you know and well obviously my goal was to lose a lot of weight very quickly you know what i mean and that was so that was a success you know Mm. and portion control and i still have 
like I've seen people on the forums and stuff like a year out, you know, worrying about their, um, um, what do they call it? Uh, not resistance. Um, oh, fuck. What's the word I'm looking for? Anyway. So the word that I was trying to think of was resistance and people talk about a lot about resistance on the forums and resistance basically means that, you know, when you eat and you feel full really quickly, that's called resistance. Right. So a lot of people would talk about their and a lot of people talk about chasing resistance as well. You know, so a lot of people eating, eating just to see, you know, testing out their resistance and that kind of thing, you know, because right. um, a lot of people worry that they've stretched their, you know, stretched their surgery or, you know, it's not working for them anymore or whatever. So people talk about chasing resistance or resistance. So I still have a lot of resistance mm. um, and a lot of people. So for some people, their resistance goes within a year or two years of, people after 20 years talk about still having resistance you know so again it's very and there's there's so much stigma attached to it as well because you know anybody who's had weight loss surgery and maybe they you know haven't lost as much weight as people would have expected them to weigh to lose or they put a bit of weight back on or something you know there's all that well it must be your fault you know yeah. you haven't been doing it right and 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 research has shown that actually for a lot of people it might have been because the surgery wasn't done right or, you know, there was things going on with the surgery that or or, you know, maybe it wasn't the right surgery for the for the person in their situation. Or, you know, there's, there's mm. a lot, so many different factors that can go into it, you know. Wow. Um, so, yeah. So you consider at this stage that it was a success? Oh, definitely. And I mean. You know, we tend to talk about the bad things. Yeah, I was about. To, that's why I'm trying to bring it around now to yeah. tell well, me I mean, what. I think it's important to talk about that as well because. Oh, definitely, because people think it's realize. a. People yeah, still it's, it's, have it's, this it's, thing that it's an easy it's, option. Abs and oh my god, it really is. You know, and 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 I remember when I first started when I first got it done, and Becky, I think, is about. I think she had hers done October. In October. But for she's four years now, isn't wasn't it four years in October just gone? I think. So she two and a half years ahead of me. I thought she I think was so. I thought she oh, was maybe. Anyway. Anyway, I, I don't know. But anyway, you know, and I remember her saying to me, because I had just had the surgery and I was trying to adjust and it was just like my head. I was on a stall. I went to I stalled like. I remember. Oh, my God. I had the surgery for like three weeks and it was hell. And I thought, oh, my God, this I'm going to be that one person it doesn't work for. And my anxiety was through the roof. And, you know, I was trying to adjust to all the different. Anyway, and I remember Becky saying to me, oh, I'm so jealous. I wish I could go back and, you know, be at that early stage where like you're losing you know yeah. 18 pounds in a week and every time you step on the scales you're like three pounds down four pounds eight pounds down and you know and um and i remember thinking are you mad because for me that was such a it, there was so much anxiety and fear and you know just oh. like it was it's such a steep learning curve and you know it was just but now 
I looking back, I know exactly how she feels because you you reach a stage when I think most people do. Like if you're only predicted to lose, say, anywhere between 55 and 70 percent of your excess body weight, you know, mm. I mean, for most people, that still is going to leave them, you know, not where society expects things yeah. people to be. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. And, you know, and so there's a huge, like, anxiety around that as well. And then plus if there's, like, you know that there's a huge possibility that you're going to put some weight back on, whether that's 5% of what you've lost or 40% or, you know, most people don't, most people won't put back on the full amount or more. No, but that, no. can, that can happen as well, you know. Um, then, you know, you can imagine the anxiety when, you know, and I, I remember people saying that before for different weight loss things that I've been on, that losing the weight's the easy part, maintaining it's the hard part. Mm. And I remember thinking, yeah, right, because I've never, I've never been able to lose. no as much weight as I've lost now. So I've never been in that position to be able to kind of, you know, it's just such a fucking horrible thing and people don't realise what a mixed bag of shite being overweight is mm. and how much it affects people and how much, you know. If they're not overweight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean, yeah. Because a lot yeah, of people absolutely. would say, oh, you know, I, I have, I've had, I've, had trouble with my weight before and yeah, you know 10 pounds over and I'm not putting down anyone no. else's you know journey but I mean I was you know I've, I've lost I think I lost between 10 and a half to 11 stone and on a BMI wise which we all know is bullshit yeah. I'm still I'm still at the higher end of overweight, you know. Jesus. So, and that was after losing between ten and a half and eleven stone. You know what I mean? Um, so, like, that's a lot of weight to lose. Um, that's a mind, but, mind. Yeah. Fuck. But I'm, but I'm still like I I would to to be considered health in a healthy BMI range. Yeah. I probably have still have to lose maybe another five, six months. Oh, Jesus. You know? Unbelievable. Yeah. And I had the first, actually, I did have like a, a big thing happen to me last week, which was a first and had never, nothing like that. I mean, I've been to my doctor and nurses and stuff and they've gone, oh my God, you look amazing. How much weight, you know, you're doing so blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I went to a doctor I went to, I still, I, I suffer from chronic pain, just, I know you know, but, um, and I went to a doctor last week, a, a pain specialist mm. that I'd never seen before. Mm, interesting. Gal Galway Pain Clinic. And, um, and he was going through some of my history with me and he was going very fast. And I did say to him that I'd had. That's Anna surgery. knocking, by the way. Oh, sorry. I did say to him that I'd had bariatric surgery and and he said, OK. And he said, and how did how, how did that go? And I told him that I'd lost like, you know, between 10 and a half and 11 stone, blah, blah, blah. And he went, oh, my God, that's amazing. Well done. And he said, so it was very successful. Then. And I said, well, yeah, it was, you know, I was kind of playing it down a bit. But he was like, that's amazing. And then he was doing his notes, you know, the way mm, they do their yes. notes up for their secretaries on yeah. their dictaphones, you know. And he and one thing he said, and it was probably just a throw off comment for him. 
and for but for me literally like it was you know he might as well have written it in oh. silver you know glitter ten yeah. foot tie. he went and he was like and i've just got the my you know the patient in front of me and you know and and you know she's not particularly overweight or anything like that and you know for somebody else who's never been overweight they might not particularly overweight they might go fuck you you know but for me <laughs> nicest thing anybody has ever said to me oh you know? my god it's <laughs> definitely something you've never heard in your life before no, no. and no. the medical i mean this is one of the oh, problems yeah. the medical profession is where the biggest fat phobia is um not exampled is shown like it's just well i wouldn't necessarily say the biggest but definitely the most dangerous yeah definitely the most day and it's, i think we've all i think the biggest i think like i mean i know of society and peers can be very cruel and oh know. yeah but i know of, of people women you know even like i knew like i haven't made a secret on social media but i haven't made you know it's not a secret i'm like really really want to have a, a breast reduction um and but it's all about the BMI and it's like I just I've known every time I've tried to and I'm healthy and well my body is great you know um but anytime I've tried to approach even thinking about it with anyone medical it's straight away your BMI is too high um and even showing photos of my breasts and you know and it's just like oh god can you not just listen to the you know the human yeah. side of it like i know yeah. i know someone very close to us had a breast reduction in ireland through the mm. hse years ago and their bmi was like 40 or something i don't know how they ever sipped through the the cracks yeah. but um you know and sometimes it's not all the physical it's the psychological part of it but like i yeah and the the amount of bullying and sizeism yeah fat shaming and you know that goes on within the medical i mean it they're basically like you know they're 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 it's it's expected you know it's not it's not yeah. just you know you know and there's allowed. no it's expected um, you know? it's mostly women as well you go to a doctor and you like but when i did have a womb you go and you'd have serious yeah. cramps and the doctor yeah. would straight away look at you and go you need to lose weight yeah. you know and you might have like ovaries covered in cysts but they're everything is always lose weight lose weight lose weight um even when i was having physio from i like it was so triggering and traumatic for me having i was going up to and if you've ever dealt with physios they are quite um weightist or whatever you want to call it sizest and that's probably because they have the knowledge but they also have to know that each person is an individual and and different and i remember when after i'd had my surgeries on my feet going for physio i remember one day and your woman just turned to me she was doing something on the comp- the laptop or computer and she just said she sort of swept her hand up and down my body like you know gestured up and down my body of course if you lost weight it would help you know with the physio and it was nothing to do with my weight at that time like not saying not saying it wasn't but at the end of the day 
there are millions of people on this planet mm. who are not overweight who have health problems exactly you can just as easily be overweight obese and healthy yeah as you can be underweight or healthy weight and unhealthy yeah. you know yeah. uh, of course there are conditions that being overweight don't help with you know of course there are nobody's saying that there aren't oh. there are lots of conditions that being you know that you could have that and it's not because of your weight mm. And I've spoken to you before about like I had um, surgery on my neck. I had, you know, on my spine, on my disc, mm. on my on my on a disc in my neck. And I've told you before, you know, that was obviously before I had my bariatric surgery and I, I it took them four years to operate on it. And in that time, I saw so many different healthcare professionals. And I know I've spoken to you about this mm. many times about how. She's still there. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm trying to think of the right word. How terrified I was for yeah, you know yeah. going to see doctors and stuff, but and how and how glad I was that it was in my neck and not in my lower yes, back. Yes, yeah. I knew, or even my mid back, because I knew that if it had been anywhere other than my neck, mm. it would have just been blamed on my weight. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I remember one doctor actually mentioning my weight and it fucking devastated me, mm. you know, because I'd really like, you know, and I know so many people. And when I say dangerous, there's so many women and I'm sure some men as well. But it's definitely it's definitely a, bit, a lot worse. Yeah. Who don't go to the doctor. Yeah. Because of that very issue. Yeah. And who yeah. don't go and something is something could be seriously wrong with them and they don't because they've been so bull bullied and humiliated and terrified yeah. by them going to the doctor and just every little thing that's maybe or may not be wrong with them just being blamed on their weight. And, and who and it's not to say that sometimes it might be the weight. Like yeah, I went to exactly just like we've just said. Yeah, I went to um Recently, I went to a urology nurse because I was having a bit of incontinence, not bad. And actually, I didn't end up going back. But one of the first things she said was lose some weight. But I know so many women who have no weight issues, who have urinary problems, you know, so it's always just the easy option. Lose some weight, lose some weight, lose some weight and you'll fix that problem. I have a very good friend who has... It's it's a joke between us because every time we go out and um, we we go do we go walking together and every time she laughs or coughs or anything she goes oh I just weed a little bit mm. now she is stick thin yeah you know yeah. she is stick thin but you know and again, she hasn't had children has she either she's had, she's no had no, no she's had, no. she's never been pre but pregnant but that's what I mean she would never go to a urology no. nurse and they go lose some weight. Yeah, you know, exactly. they'd be taken more seriously. So and that yeah. stops. I didn't go back to that nurse because I thought yeah. she's just going to keep saying, yeah, oh, stick exactly. with your diet. And, and that's what I know. mean about in the medical profession, it yeah. actually being dangerous. Yeah. Sizeism and fat, you know, fat phobia, because women aren't, aren't getting the medical. And anyway, women in general don't get. Do you think people react people who don't know you? Do you yeah. notice people react to you differently because you are now in a more normal sized body? Do you know what? People talk about this all the time on some of the forums and stuff that I'm on. Yeah. But I have to I have to say 
that I have never noticed it. Now, right. whether I'm just, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm a raging feminist and a raging, <laughs> you know, bloody whatever. And, and I would never say that I would have ever noticed anybody other than in the medical profession. Right. Now, whether I would have just, you know, poked their eyes out if they had said anything to me or if I had, you know, maybe they were scared to say anything or whatever. But I can honestly not say that I don't think that I would have ever consciously noticed anyone being really nasty to me when I was overweight. Right. But, or maybe I've just, maybe it's cognitive dissonance as well and I've just blocked it out. So on the other hand, I'd love to say, yeah, because I'd love to go, yeah, and people are bastards yeah. and, you know, people <laughs> treat me differently. But I have to be honest, I, I haven't noticed it. But then again, I'm a recluse. I don't mm. really do people, you know what I mean? I can honestly, like... But doesn't that, you see, I, I've thought this before. Yeah. I, I know, I do know that people, male and fe- fe- female and males, get bullied for their weight you know it's a fact you've you know but like you I've actually never had only from the medical profession I've never been bullied or name called as I walked down the street when I was a child yeah horrible you know I don't think even then I was only by people I knew but yeah um school and stuff it was pretty awful and teachers and yeah yeah yeah. yeah but like I have never you know you hear about people walking down the street and people shouting over yeah. at them oh you fat this and I've, no, never, I've had... never had that I've never so, had that either but, and more in my own head like, I, that's I what I was about to say yeah. yes like when I was bigger and even still yeah if I'm crossing a road and in my head I'm going oh those people in the car are probably going hurry up fat so you know yeah. what I mean that's more in my own head than anybody ever I remember one time when I was in Italy I was standing at a train station and this group of young fucking Egypts drove past there was about five of them in a car and they shouted out patatona which means big potato (laughs) I didn't know you were Irish (laughs) they did yeah but that's something that people in Italy might you know yeah yeah yeah. Rather than you know, they probably say something cute to, th- and that, I think that's the only time that I've ever had like Jesus. a public, you know, um, comment. Not, not maybe I haven't heard them, or maybe mm. I, you know, I have had stuff like people. If you go and sit, if you used to go and sit beside someone in a train or something, and they kind of go, you know, or you know, yeah, maybe kind of like, but never openly like you know, verbally. Do you remember you the time looks or do you remember the time you put someone in their place because they said they weren't attracted to you because of your weight and you said, Well what do, you saw me, you know you've seen what me. Do you think I was wearing a fat suit yeah. or something. <laughs> they saw me naked and they were like, Oh, I just can't be with a larger girl larger lady and I was like, What the hell did you think? I was wearing a fat suit or something. <laughs> yeah. Like I always remember that. I was used to think that oh, power to Anna for that. <laughs> that I always think that was, um, but I, other I've had some really serious and horrendous experiences in the medical industry. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember when I was giving birth to my daughter and I was having a, a C-section, and the anesthesiologist. I mean, when I look back on it, you know, got coming in and complaining that it was taking too long to put the needle in because of my because I was so fat. Oh, and he Jesus. couldn't find the right place to put it and then saying to the nurse 
go and get the extra long needle and the nurse saying but isn't that really dangerous and him going well I've no other choice because she's so fat I can't get the normal needle in and then literally crying and the nurse holding my hand and apology and him going this is taking far too long I have golf booked in an hour and all this sort of stuff and then when he finally got the needle in and I was lying on the table and him bending down and whispering in my ear if you ever want to have any more children, you need to lose a lot of weight. Yeah. I mean, that was horrific. Talk about that's the memory you have from the what should have been the most amazing. One of the happiest days of my life. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And that was just. And it, a lot of the time it is anesthesiologists. It's their training again. It's it's back to their training, you know, because it's all about your weight what how they anesthetize you um so they can be very sort of past they can be so past comment that's where i've had it that was downright cruel you know yeah no that was oh uh, that was abuse yeah it really was god so listen we could talk for the next few hours but i i am aware um of time um in a short sentence yeah sorry just to go back very quickly you said to me i given all of what i've said and you know i wouldn't change what i i wouldn't change it for one minute i would not have made a difference i would probably be in a wheelchair now i would definitely be in a wheelchair and maybe even be better i mean i was told in july 2019 which I went to I know I was 20 20 I remember because I was in hospital over Ella's birthday that I would and they were looking into MS for me and that I would probably be in a wheelchair within six months and bed likely bed bound soon after you know and I wasn't able to walk I wasn't you know wasn't able to stand you know Ella was doing everything for me um, I wasn't even able to go shopping by myself. I couldn't like I had no life. I was mm-hmm. so depressed. I mean, nobody really knew the extent of how bad I was, I was, you know, and how bad I was feeling and how bad and how much pain I was in physically and mentally. Um, so, I mean, I still have pain. I still have, you know, bad days. I still have good days, but everything is easier. you know everything is easier and i wouldn't change even if i never eat another salad leaf in my life again in my (laughs) life you know or whatever i wouldn't change one second so what is the absolute best thing about it um or you can give me three in short sentence when i'm not asleep or i have a lot more energy when i'm not like i have when i'm when i have when i'm so say for i'm able to go out for walks or i'm able to yeah that's great yeah i don't have to be scared now to to like so i'm i'm pagan and i'm like you know i'm a druid and i'm very nature-based but I had I had stopped going out for ceremonies because I was literally unless I could drive 
and it was within 10 walking steps of mm. wherever I could park my car and I, there was no standing involved which meant I had to bring a chair with me or whatever I couldn't do anything so often I'd say yes and then I'd cancel now I don't give it like I can if it's 10k from where I have to park you know I can I can agree to do things and I can and I know that my body I'd say won't let me down because mm -hmm. it never let me down you know but my body will be able to your support. body finds it easier to support you yeah my body will be able to support anything yeah. I want to do yeah. um and I feel I feel so much stronger and um and even just like silly little things like well I mean you know not having to use a walking stick to get around not having to have like a, a seat in the shower to be able to have a shower and wash my hair you know personal hygiene and all that sort of stuff is possible if not a lot easier so just being able to tie my shoelaces being you said able to, like, all these and the last you see if you'd listened yeah, to the last it, nothing much <laughs> has changed actually <laughs> yeah so just everything is easier right everything is easier and i just you know i feel so much more confident about my future and you know <clears throat> do you know yeah, what i love I about all those little things not once have you mentioned about clothes yeah i mean yeah and that's part of it as well being able to go into it knowing and i still walk by <laughs> other than pennies i walk by every shop because i'm like still in the back of my head I'm yeah like, oh, no point going in there because nothing's going to fit me anyway God. so i don't even go into shops you know but you know i go into pay well i've always been a pennies gal anyway you know <laughs> so you know um but i i suppose i still have internal in my head i still catch myself like walk and go is that me you like so i still have a lot of the time catching up to do yeah i still have catching up to do and i still mm. don't really know what size i am because I'll, I'll either get something way too big or sometimes too small because i still haven't figured out you know yeah yeah so i think the the brain side of things will take a bit longer to is taking a little bit longer to catch up my, but right. my body's just getting on with with it but my brain yeah yeah a bit longer to catch up but yeah i mean i'm not gonna lie it is so it is not so it's it's nice to be able to buy you know normal straight sizes and stuff but at the same time i've never really been you know mm -hmm. i wear you know i wear jeans and yeah t-shirts and you know <laughs> which you could always and, get you know yeah exactly even back in the evans's day when they were super expensive yeah <laughs> It's just a bit cheaper now. Yeah, exactly. Love love a bit of Al Sheen. Yeah, exactly. Fast fashion. So, um, I think we'll wind it up more or less there. Do you have anything to ask me? Um or say to me or I mean we had kind of like planned on I honestly I didn't I didn't think we'd get round to it because Maybe you know, we'll just do a follow up. Yeah, I think that'd probably be the best thing. Yeah. But uh, I think your your I think on your like I suppose I'll be honest, my when you said to me maybe you want to ask me a few questions, my my first thought was I think that anybody who really follows you anyway is very mm. aware of your journey That's because true. you're very vocal about your journey, you know, yeah. and, and you're very open about it. And you know, and and going back to what I said earlier, like 
I don't. I'm really bad with social media. Like I'll, oh yeah, I'll sit and flick through TikTok for like 18 hours, you know, nonstop. <laughs> but like when it comes to posting my own, you know. No, I know that. Yeah. Posting stuff about, I, I've tried to kind of do a few fun TikTok videos and stuff, but like, I'm really bad about my business stuff, but you're brilliant. Like you, you do your daily food, what I eat in a day. And, you know, you do all your, you know, your regular, I would imagine that most of the people. Yeah, you're right, actually. You, already I have a pretty good you know insight into your journey and and your you know what you kind of I most you know I suppose what I what the the angle I was coming at who's listening to the podcast should be following you on Instagram because you're brilliant on on Instagram and TikTok is it Instagram and TikTok do you do no don't really do TikTok yeah okay um I think just the reason I asked you was because I have such a set view of me and everything to do with me and my journey in inverted commas and sometimes it takes someone looking from the outside Mm. to say you know like I I feel at the moment I'm in such a good space headwise in in every way but I have the absolute fear that it will just take one thing to trigger me back into slamming face down. But I'm trying to, what I'm trying to do at the moment is actually put little sort of um, emergency buffers in place so that I'm ready if those things actually happen. Yeah. You know, Um, anyway, look, plans are in place and that's, that's all I can do. So you're so, I mean, you've always you've always been like so out of it out of all of us you've always been so like so good at you know keep it on track and I think I think it's the only thing that saved me is not like I get even if I am floundering hugely and I just I go oh fuck it in the past I've kind of been able to sort of pull myself back in and just keep going forward you know when you're and that's water you've always known that the surface wasn't too far away yeah and all, always sort of I think fear kept me from going too far above sort of my upper what I call my upper weight because I just I'm just by the way can I just say one thing that I've often worried wondered about hmm. you know when they talk about like say doing surgeries on people with high BMIs. Mm. So say, for example, when when you have asked any surgeon about your breast reduction and they go, oh, no, BMI, BMI. Yeah. Like, how the hell then are they able to do weight loss surgery on people who with BMIs of like 60 and 70? Well, from what I can understand is the the weight loss surgery is a totally different thing because it's it's like life saving more or less. But with the BMI, always with I mean, breast reduction is seen as cosmetic surgery, technically, which for a lot of women who get it, it's not. It's it's like it's it's not. No, but um, I think part of it is they think you might lose. You're you're the I know you've lost all the fat in your boobs, but I mean, I've gone through. I've had times where I've lost a couple of stone and my boobs don't change at all. And it's not just well, about. I have two. This is the first. I have no tissue left. No. And I think 
Actually, that's one of the things that makes me really sad is I've no, I yeah. have no I mean, I'm still a double D, but it's all skin. Yeah. You know? Scooched anyway. in. Yeah. Like, I, I've, Elle always gets really embarrassed with me because I literally say to everybody, strangers on the train, you know, I've not, they've you know, deflated. I can fold, yeah. I can roll my my boobs up, like, you know, <laughs> fold them in half. And she's like, Mom, don't oh. you say anyone that? Oh, so, God. you know, I think as well, age, I mean, I've seen a lot of people who've lost a lot of weight, again, on the forums and stuff, mm. and they still have nice kind of, you know, breasts or whatever. But I think once you hit a certain age, you know, like where your hormones maybe aren't as strong as they once were, then I think that you a lot of people who are a bit old tend to lose yeah. a lot of their, you know, tissue. Well, we'll Matt. see. Who will know when I'm when I get to my the yeah. BMI that's required? We'll see what they're like. But I can I mean, I'm gonna have to have something done with them because they're so heavy. Is it under thirty, twenty nine, under thirty, under twenty nine, or twenty nine, twenty nine or under. Okay, but in yeah, Ireland, it's twenty five. Yeah. But not just Ireland, there are other places where it's 25 as well. Well, I mean... But there are other places as well I've seen, like, for example, Dominican Republic or Mexico, where they will, where they'll do... Well, the place that I contacted last week, they actually said that they would do... They would do it, but it would be extra. So, Mm. look, and I've always said, I've said all along, I don't want smaller, uh, smaller boobs than my stomach. So I'm quite happy at the moment to put the work Mm. in to get my stomach down and to get the weight down so that I don't have a bigger belly than my boobs, because that would devastate me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, not devastate me, but that would I don't that's I wouldn't it wouldn't look right on me. What you want? Huh? No, exactly. So I'm happy to work on and yeah. do what I need to do and and reevaluate then, you know, that's that's my and it's good to have focus and a, something to definitely. work towards. So. Yeah, definitely. So do you right. still have any hopes that you might still might get them done in Ireland? No. No, right. No. I definitely will be going abroad and that's okay. Uh, money wise everything wise oh, unless I win the lottery if I won the lottery I'd have them done I mean like on you know through no the... they won't they're not doing it oh not at all no oh James's I was referred to James's um, James's hospital and within a week my GP had got a letter back she rang me and said I've had a letter back they are not doing breast reduction surgeries and is that the only place in ireland it's one, well that? it's one of the only places at the moment oh all right so and you don't have insurance do you no i wouldn't get it done in, insurance require your bmi to be 25 as well right they require the same criteria so it is it like so many people it is go abroad and then you have the judgment of the the, the GPs and stuff or the, the oh, medical say, your GP has been great all, my, all of them have been amazing yeah. amazing but I've heard some horror stories yeah. especially like, for I've heard people, some people say that you know their GPs have refused to see them yeah when they've come back and yeah. that's illegal yeah exactly especially if you go on the cross-border directive you are still a, a, a patient of the HSE yeah 
exactly. You know? But that's, so that's horrific. It's it's still the judgment, you know. Yeah, it's awful, awful. But anyway, and I have to say one like I always had this one. I always had this idea in the back of my head that people who go abroad for surgeries, you know, like weight loss surgery, yeah. or cosmetic surgery, and you know, and they're taking their lives into their own hands. And there are you hear like these one or two horror stories, yeah. but you don't hear about the hundreds and hundreds. And yeah, exactly. And there's always horror stories, stories if you got it done here. There are, and there are. Yeah. Exactly. They really are. Yeah. So it's, you know, that's. Um, and when I went, I stayed in, you know, a, a, a private hospital, a private room in a private hospital, and mm. you could eat your dinner off yeah. the floor. Not that I wanted to, yeah. but, you know, you could eat your dinner off the floor. And I've, I've had, so I, I, I've left Irish hospitals with like horrific infections, mm. you know what I mean? Like yeah. from, you know, so I actually found the opposite. I found that the, the care and the um the professionalism and and they're doing like robotic surgeries in some places they are centers of excellence mm, exactly. of surgeries they're doing surgeries that they're not even thinking about doing in Ireland yet yeah. so like if anybody is listening to this and they're on the fe- on the fence or worried about going abroad for any kind of surgery that they can't get here i would say go and do it because you know that idea of the 80s and the 70s of backstreet you know hackers is so far from the truth yeah so far from the truth yeah it really is anyway we'll right listen there. i'm gonna wind up now um uh, thank you for joining me again yeah thank <laughs> you for joining me again it was really really lovely to catch up and do a catch-up uh podcast hmm? i hope it hasn't been boring no it's fascinating and it's fascinating even the ins and outs of the surgery and the way it affects people and stuff you know um personally i find it buyer's remorse you know (coughs) people do have that really Um, yeah yeah they do but i found that like definitely the you know when i woke up from the surgery and for the first three days i was like oh my god what did i do yeah i was was feeling you know i couldn't get but after that i i haven't looked back I haven't had any remorse. So anybody, and if anybody wanted to contact me about it or wanted some, oh, yeah. like, ask any questions or wanted some help with the going through the the cross border directive or the HSC or anything like that, you know, then you know um, they could contact me. I'm not an expert by any means, but I have been through it. Yeah, yeah. So where can people find you? Probably Instagram. I know no, you have. I'm, no, I'm Facebook. On, instagram about once a month facebook maybe twice a month um oh. best thing is just go probably to go on my website okay and send me an email. right that's, that's the best way to get to me so what's your website uh, uh www.irishshamanism.com so it's i-r-i-s-h-s-h-a-m-a-n-i-s-m shamanism okay cool and you can go onto the contact page and send me even though it's not about um shamanism or whatever but that's the best way i mean you can send me you can send me uh um a facebook messenger but i've literally i didn't even realize that there was a section on that from people that you don't know and i found messages from like 2017 on it the other day wow (laughs) oh jesus sorry yeah okay good way to contact me or through you 
yeah exactly listen it's been wonderful talking to you and thank you again for joining and stepping in for mother and um what big shoes to follow oh exactly (laughs) sorry i did my best (laughs) bye bye so that's it for this week thanks for listening to our podcast and if you enjoyed it please tell your friends and family and share the link so until the next time goodbye and And stay stay safe. safe